0: I'm like, I'm, I'm almost like fumbling over my words, Kirby. I don't throw you off very often, but I got you. You that. did this time. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now. Here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to episode number 129 of Unscripted. I am your co-host Bill Petrie. With me as always, the Warrant Officer of Wall Calendars, the one and only Kirby And Kirby, how the hell are you this fine day?
1: I am doing well, and if I'm the Warrant Officer of Wall Calendars and you are under arrest for being a fantastic broadcaster, I'm excited to be doing this with you, buddy.
0: I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> so, we're just going to go ahead and talk about Chameleon Like, who are as our title sponsor. <laughs> you know, Kirby, I have something to tell you today. Please do. Chameleon Like, we've talked about them a lot. They're a great company and they've been in business for 20 years, but they love to be seen as up and coming. Isn't that kind of cool how they've really taken the industry by storm when it comes to journals, notebooks, gift boxes, and folders? totally cool my friend it really is i love the fact that 80 percent of the products are made from scratch and they're a uh, california facility they're not a commodity they custom make every single thing they're like a craft brew right they're not a mass market lager that no one wants to drink they're not a supplier they're a manufacturer and maker of journals and notebooks so you know who their fellow supplier crushes are, and I love that they admit this. They love Snugs, they love ETS, they love Origadio, and that's where they play in those creative spaces. And if you really want to elevate the promo that you deliver to your end-user clients, you would be doing yourself and your clients a huge disservice by not – logging on to chameleonlike.com. Pierre and Alex, they're going to be more than happy to help you out and really make that promotional product shine for your end user clients. And you talk about building loyalty for the long term. There's no better way to do it.
1: Totally. And what I love about it, too, is it elevates the conversation. You start, you get into a conversation where you're talking about one of those custom journals and you you open it. And it, especially if you have a sample to sort of show them what can be done, mm-hmm.
0: it really lights you, the creative juices of your clients on fire, too. Exactly, because I don't think they realize that, you know, shirts don't have to be delivered in a poly bag. And, and, you know, like I said, Alex and Pierre and all the good folks at Chameleon Like will be more than happy to help you out and really figure out a way to create that surprise and delight when that promo is delivered. So go ahead and log on to chameleonlike.com. You won't be sorry that you did. So, Kirby, if I'm under arrest for being the most handsome man on this podcast, I believe you said (laughs) – Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm still like disjointed from that. That was really good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost like fumbling over my words, Kirby. I don't throw you off very often, but I got you. You did time. this time. So why don't you start us off with a topic while I try to uh, recollect myself?
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So it's funny. This is like, um, I get my topics sort of ready a little bit in advance. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute, I had an idea about a topic. And so that's what I want to lead with. So a lot of the people that listen to this particular podcast obviously in marketing and branding but a lot of sales folks a lot of entrepreneurs um, those kind of folks and what i've found is um, those people like me i guess is what i'm saying and if you're in a role like that i think you have a sense of urgency that in your life, in your business, in a lot of things that maybe not everybody in the world shares. Um, and it's something I struggle with, right? Like, because I'm always wanting to go 110 miles an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so when I ask someone to do something, I want them to do it at the pace that I do it, right? right. And that's many times not reasonable, often not fair, right? But one of the things I struggle with, not only as a human being but as a leader um, and as someone who just wants to go is I think sometimes in those moments I need to just take a breath, Mm -hmm. right? Like if I wanted to to do it the way I wanted to do it, then I needed to do it. So I just need to take a breath. I need to provide guidance. I need to set expectations. And then other times though, I think there are some times where it's like, no, I need to push, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're like this, but I... I struggle with knowing when to do what. So do you, A, do you run into this? And B, you know, how do you kind of manage that?
0: I, I, yeah, good, good topic. I think, of course, I run into it, right? And, and right. you fall into a trap of, as an entrepreneur or as someone with entrepreneurial spirit that hires employees, right. you're always going to run into the challenge that, bottom line, your employees aren't going to care as much as you do. And, right. and that's not a bad thing, but it's an is, and it's something right. that needs to uh, – you need to acknowledge mm-hmm. that uh, they're not going to bleed like you bleed for your organization. And so it's finding the people who care enough and are willing to execute. So, yeah, I think you do run into that, that that feeling of if I don't do it myself, it's not going to get done the way I want. So what I've really tried to do um, over the past, I'd say, two, three years is – Really understand that – and I always use analogies. You know me. I I always draw analogies. Look, if you want to drive from Nashville to Chicago, there are 85 different ways to do that. At the end of the day, I just want you to be in Chicago by this date. Drive any which way you want. And so as long as I feel comfortable that um, an associate in the organization – has the exact same goal and understands the due date, I don't really care how they get there. And I find that very empowering um, for both. And I think they find it empowering as well. I don't want to micromanage people. I think people, when they're not micromanaged, are left to their creative best. Um, they may find a route to Chicago, for to continue the analogy, that I never would have thought of. And we might get there faster, or we might get there in a shinier car, or whatever. I would find that if, as long as we have the end goal in mind, I really want to give uh, associates and employees the latitude to get there how they want. I'm here to help, I'm here to offer direction, but I really want them to run with it. And I've found that that helps me not stay on top of them. Um, And also, I can kind of gauge with different people when I need to push, when I need to pull back, when I need to encourage, when I need to take over. Um, Mm. And that's an art, by the way. That's not a science. I mean, it's different all the time. It's a moving target all the time. So I think all of us in uh, entrepreneurial positions and managerial positions where you have employees that you depend on to execute the vision, you're always going to run into that. So it's really finding that delicate balance where everybody's rolling the boat in the same direction, but you allow people enough autonomy to do things the way they want to do them. Because a lot of times that's where the innovation happens because you've allowed Mm. them to have that space.
1: Yeah, I think probably the key that you mentioned at the very beginning of this is, like you said, going to Chicago and the due date, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's one of the things that um, I probably need to work on, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest, is that the due date for me is as soon as humanly possible. And that's not a due date. No, that's not. No. (laughs) And so I think that's one of the things that I need to work on and be like, okay, can we have this done by this? Mm -hmm. And I think I do that sometimes. Right. But I think you know, there are times when I don't, and I, and by the way, that's not always employees, right? No. It's vendors. It's like, that's actually what made it pop into my mind right. is it wasn't a supplier, but it was another vendor we work with. And I've asked a couple questions and two or three days have gone by and I haven't gotten an answer. Well, my expectation is sort of to at least get an answer in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But I haven't. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it, it's those kind of things, too, that it's like not always internal. Mm-hmm. But then when I reach back out, you always go, well, am I being a jerk now or not? But, you know, I think it's setting those expectations that I need to work on.
0: Right. No, and I totally get that. I completely, completely get that. So it's, it's cool. an art. And, and here's the thing, I would think, I, I'm a big believer in uh, defined due dates. And I think yeah. that will help you if you say, look, I'm. this is where I've got to have it by. And you have to be willing to allow people to fail a little bit. Right. Um, because that's where the micromanaging comes in. Because it's real easy to say, oh, I'm getting edgy. I'm a little tense here. Um, I'll just take that <laughs> over. I'll, I'll just handle right. that. <laughs> and we all, totally. we all combat that. So there you go. That's a good one. Cool. So Kirby, we're getting closer to the end of the year. And yes. I really thought it would be interesting to – Do something we do. I don't say wouldn't say fairly often on the podcast, but often enough. I want to look at our failures for the year. Mm, Um, I want us to talk about where have you failed this year, and I will share my failures this year professionally. Um, I just think it's always interesting. You know, we we let's talk about. I want to talk about failures and what we're going to do about them. So, um, a couple successes first. One of the things that I had set out to do is find alternative. Avenue, uh, revenue streams for Promo Corner and did that more than I want I think I wanted to find two and I've we've, we've uncovered four so that's a great win and we have had a really great year top line um, mm-hmm. but our profitability was not where I wanted it to be we failed there I failed there and so that is going to be a renewed focus for me in 2019 to make sure that our profits are where I budget them to be. Um, and that's not to say we failed miserably, by the way. It's just, you know, we didn't, right. we didn't hit where I wanted to be. Um, and that was probably the biggest professional uh, failure, other than the fact that I put it out there that this was the year I was going to write my book. And mm. I have not. Unless you've seen my book published, which that would be weird since I haven't done it. Um,
1: (laughs) I wrote it for you.
0: (laughs) I have it all mapped out on paper what I want to do, and I just have not made it a priority to do it. I've allowed myself to be busy. I've allowed myself to to not focus on that. Um, And then the the last failure, and we talked a little bit about this in October, is I allowed myself to be run ragged um, doing uh, some speaking. This year, Mm, um, to where, to the point where in, uh, October, I I think I was in the office, maybe four days, the entire Mm. month. And I was giving six different talks in five different cities or something along those lines, something like that. And it was just exhausting. And, and so that I look at as a failure because I didn't, uh, I didn't balance the time well between work and between, um, A different part of work which is the the speaking certainly but I didn't I did I wasn't able to focus on the business like I needed to and so uh, I've I've addressed all of those going forward and I'm gonna make sure I get that book done I'm gonna make sure obviously we focus on our profitability um, uh, from a budgeting standpoint we just finished the budgeting process here and very happy where it looks like we're going so that's that's great Um, and really make sure that I'm making time all the time for working in the business not on the business Mm, man, that's good. So Kirby, where have you feel like you failed this year? And I like bringing up failure because I do think failure is that fuel to drive innovation and success. You got you to gotta fail, you got to learn from it, and you got to move on.
1: Yeah, no, I think this is a great topic. So um, I think the most obvious and public failure uh, for me is, is the closing of our tap room. Uh, for the Haasman Brewing side of the business. Um, You know, for those who don't know, you're just jumping on the podcast, I opened a microbrewery, Uh um, and we uh, were open, the taproom was open for a year, and we decided to close it, and that was an incredibly difficult decision. Um, The brewery's still open, and we're still in it, you know, trying to kind of reinvent ourselves uh, in that way, but I will tell you, Bill, that the hardest part of that was that it was a very public thing, And there were nights where I didn't sleep because of just sort of the idea that how do I tell people? Right. Right? Like, because obviously, um, you know, my name, my face, all that sort of thing was a part of it. And um, I remember having a night or two of no sleep Mm -hmm. and just going, once I sort of let go of that sort of... That ego, it allowed me to think about Mm -hmm. it much more clearly. You know, I mean, the reality of it is, is that sometimes things don't work (laughs) um, as much as we think they would. So um, that would be the biggest one. Uh, What have I learned from that? Uh, A ton. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's funny because I think uh, moving forward, some of the, um, I was actually just thinking about this this morning. Moving forward additional risks, additional enhancements in the business, I want them to have more synergy mm-hmm. with the business that is working, Yeah, right? Like when you look at Hosman Marketing, Hosman Marketing is a specific style of business. A brewery is a totally different style of business. Right. I think it's the um, entrepreneurial ego that says, look, I've done it well here, I can do it well in a completely different industry. Right. Uh, um, that's not to say that you can't, but I, I look at what some other organizations, some other entrepreneurs I admire, do. Well, even as they expand, they tend to expand in companies that have synergy with the mothership, mm-hmm. right? Does that make yeah. sense? Um, so that's that's one. Um, you know, c- continual growth and cash flow is a constant yeah. thing that I think most small businesses are fighting. Um, I am not where I want to be. Um, candidly, um, I struggle with. Uh, I hate to admit this, but like the the overall, I'm not an accountant by trade, by background, by nature. Right. And I really, really struggle with that. And to be honest with you, it, sh- it sort of sucks the life out of me. And so one of the decisions I've made in the last month, I haven't even talked to you about this personally, is I've decided to sort of bring some, someone on from the outside world to come in and help me analyze the numbers better. That's great. Um, and it's so funny because I'm literally looking at a, a one page document that they put together in like two days. And I was like, Oh, well that's way that's way more detailed than I've ever understood right. the financials in my own business. And um, so I think by just acknowledging those failures and those weaknesses, for me it's it's allowed me to go, oh, man, that gives me a much better vision of what the business actually is. No question. I hope that answers your question. It does.
0: And, and, you know, like you, you and I are not – I'm numbers-driven, but doing budgets and working on spreadsheets is not a strength of mine. Um, I can do it, but it takes me longer than than someone who's inclined that way. And so one of the things I've decided to do uh, this year is move from a 12-month budget where you just kind of set the budget – in December for the next calendar year and and monitor it, I'm moving to a rolling budget, a rolling 12-month budget. So at the end of January in 2019, uh, so early February, I will set a budget for January of 2020 based on 2019. Hmm. And okay. and I'll do that because I think it helps you really understand the health of the other overall organization. It lets you understand where you're growing, where you're not, and, and, and you can act in a, in a much more expeditious manner. And most, maybe most importantly, it forces me to be in that uh, spreadsheet on a monthly basis, like really in it, looking at it, analyzing it, and as a leader of the organization, I have to do that. And so that's mm. that's the biggest change I've made there is really making sure that uh, I'm always focused on the numbers, right? I'm always focused on that, but this really forces me to be in there working on things that I'm not comfortable with. It's not a natural uh, gift for me and not a natural talent.
1: Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And and for me, I, I think what I've kind of done is gone a little bit the other way in the sense that I'm like, look, this sucks the life out of me and it makes me not do the things that bring us revenue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to bring somebody, uh, a guy named Steve Schillig is his name, and he's come in and looked at the numbers. And like I said, in two days, he can do what I couldn't do in six right. months. And so I've s- decided to outsource that so that not and, and in just so that I can get better understanding of what the numbers are already there. We're recording it, but he looks at it and goes, well, here's how it actually tells the story. And and that's been helping me live in that space better.
0: No, that's great. That's great. So I just thought it would be interesting. It's easy to talk about the successes and I think we will do that in a future podcast. Um, But but I wanted to talk about, you know, where, where do we need to grow? And I thought, I think that's a good, good, uh, good jump off point.
1: All right, cool. So um, I've got one for you. It's the you know as as we look at this, um, both suppliers um, and um, distributors alike, those who do flyers or catalogs or any kind of printed material, you know they're working on that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, f- candidly, we do a a small a sampling, a, a kind of an, a a small flyer, if you will, of basic products that we. Just like to get out there, it's a reason to go see the people. Uh, they're curated by us, yeah. um, and and I think it's a it's a differentiator for us. So I like it. So, um, but one of the things I struggle with every year is sort of the dichotomy between: Do I go with hey these are new, hot, different products, mm-hmm. or these are bestseller products? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can have a mix of that. Right. But I always struggle with. I think I tend to lean toward, hey, I'm going to go with bestsellers mm-hmm. because they're bestsellers. Mm-hmm. I think, like, say, my wife might look toward, look, we need to show people things that are new and hot and different. Mm-hmm. Where do you land?
0: Both. So if you're making a catalog <laughs> – no, if you're making a catalog or, you know, some sort of catalog, why not both? Why not have – and I would – this is, you know, I, you know me. I kind of think differently about stuff as I think you do as well. Is it is a printed catalog, an actual print print catalog, or digital? Yeah, and,
1: and again, it's 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 a print piece, but it's only a few pages, probably, right? Yeah, six pages. Okay. Something like that. I
0: would have it be like one of those um, one of those magazines where um, you open one side. The cover is best selling products for 2019, or whatever you want to call it, and you open it up to a few pages, and then we flip it. It's it's when you flip over the, the catalog, it's a different cover, opening a different way. You know what I'm saying? They're mm, backwards. Right. So if they're looking at it from one side, it's uh, trending products, that are on, mm-hmm. you know, products that are on trend in 2019. They flip it over, and it's uh, products that are best sellers. That's what I would do. Hmm.
1: I like it. That's why I they like cover it. the
0: best of both worlds. You know, I, mean, I like it. For, from an, a mass appeal, why not that way? Because then you can be a little more all things to all people.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm making making notes, my friend, because, again, this is one of those things that we do one about we do in three or four times yeah. a year. And so I try to mix it up and we've gone with new products or, you know, new and innovative products the last couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so I was leaning more toward bestsellers. But I like the way you're thinking.
0: Well, you've seen those like Sports Illustrated do that every once in a while. Basically two magazines attached and right. then just, you know, you turn a page and all of a sudden it's upside down. So you got to flip it over to get to that side. Right. I like it. I like it, man. All right, real quick before we launch into some fill-in-the-blank. So I want to talk about what marketing trends you see for 2019. Um, Where do you see marketing overall going? And and obviously, I've had a head start on this, so I'll go ahead. and and Unless you have them on top of your mind. uh, If not, I'll I'll share a couple.
1: You go ahead. but I I mean, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Uh,
0: I think we are going to continue to see a shift – of the people, our end users, um, trusting more in content, not advertising. I think you're going to see a, a continued diving into the content marketing space. Um, I don't think we've hit saturation yet. Um, I think we're approaching it. I don't think we've hit it yet, and there's still there's you know there's a lot of content out there, but the best content always seems to rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's consistent. I think you're going to see a continued uh, tr- move toward complete transparency. People really want to understand what pricing looks like. They want to understand what delivery looks like. They want to understand how your company operates. Um, and I think that that's a huge one. I think the biggest one is authenticity. People don't want to feel like they're being sold to. People want to know that people they're buying from are real humans, and they have failures, and they have successes. It's that transparency, that authenticity that um, I think for years as salespeople, we're not supposed to be authentic, right? We're supposed to be a chameleon, and I'm (laughs) going to adapt to this person and that person, and there's still a sense of that. But that authenticity, I think truly from a marketing and sales perspective, really wins the day.
1: Okay. All right. So uh, sort of the things that – Popped into my head. So, and I, I kind of skew toward when you say marketing trends, I skew toward our industry, but I Me think that there's going to be some that uh, translate. So, the first thing is you talked about more content. I would spin you one forward, I would say more video. Yeah. Um, I think that's happening, we're living in that space now, I think it's gonna be more and more. Mm -hmm. I think that we live in a voyeuristic society. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they're like, it's still People Magazine, it's just a different (laughs) format uh, for that, and I think video allows that, Um, so more of that. To your point about the transparency, I was gonna say more all-inclusive. Okay. So that um, one of the things that I think is a challenge with our business, and you and I've talked about it in the past, is that you say, hey, I have a special on uh, $301 mugs. Mm -hmm. And the client says, oh, so it's $300. And you're like, well. (laughs) And then um, so I think that we as an industry need to get more toward, hey, this is actually what you're going to pay and get that up get the information to them up front. So I think that goes toward that transparency thing you were talking about. And then actually the other side of it is I think more and more power is going back to the art of Mm face-to-face. I think um, though um, there's tons of value in social media and email and and, and all the tools, I actually am seeing more and more value in me getting out and actually seeing people. When, When the world zigs there's value in zagging Always. i think that's the piece um, that is happening as we speak that getting out and seeing the people which is what they told me 20 years ago when i got into this right. industry i believe the power of that is
0: coming back i uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more as our friend danny rosen would say that is the new differentiator is really getting yeah. out there in front of in front of your customers and having meaningful dialogue with them it's not just saying There's nothing that grinds my gears more from a sales perspective when a salesperson calls me or drops in and says, hey, I was just uh, checking in see how things are. Things are fine. What do you want? Um, (laughs) Have a reason for being in front of people and then be in front of them and offer them value that really will help them do their job better.
1: And actually, I'm really glad you brought up Danny's name because that got me thinking. I, I actually think that what he would say, and he's right, is I'm seeing more and more of dr- business being driven by purpose, being driven by yeah. um, by the idea of giving back in whatever way that um, you are passionate mm-hmm. about. People are, I think, more and more and more thirsting for that and hungering for that. And so I see that being a trend as
0: no, well. No, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You know what else is a trend, Kirby? What's that, Bill? How much distributors absolutely freaking hate selling badges. (laughs) Absolutely. It's the worst. It's the worst because it's one to two piece orders, it's constant customization. It's a headache, and it's a headache that only one person could really solve in the industry, and that person is Josh Robbins. Love it. So Josh Robbins and Vault Promotions, they absolutely understand that badges are something that everybody runs away from, that the clients are buying from someone, but why not be you, Kirby? Why can't they buy it from you? And that's why they've made it easy and uh, profitable with their Badge Vault online release program. They buy badges at cost-effective prices and then release them online one or two at a time as your clients need them. And the best part is they build the website for free, and the client can log on and get the badges themselves. It's, it's, like, it's like a Ron Popeil rotisserie chicken machine. You set it and you forget it. That is absolutely awesome. I love it. And they offer all those free setups, free spec samples, free sites, the free sample kits. There's so much free here. Yes. I can't even tell you how much free there is. So, Kirby, if badges make you crazy, which I know they do, and they do. They do. Why don't you go ahead and head over to badgesmakemecrazy.com. There's a video over there. There's things, uh, information over there that's going to explain the entire badge vault release program to you. And I'm telling you, you won't be sorry you did. And you talk about people who are transparent and authentic. There's no one more transparent and authentic than Josh and the team over at Vault Promotions. They're going to really help you out with selling those badges. A nice annuity sale as you head into the new year. I love it. I love it, and I love the fact that he's a Browns fan. Uh, he is. A, he is a Browns fan. He is a Browns <laughs> fan. He's also a Texas Rangers fan. Very rare combination. Yeah, that's true. All right, Kirby. We are at the fill in the blank portion of this fine broadcast. I have a theme this week, as do I. Um, I am. We're going to talk about content marketing trends, Kirby. Okay. Cool. And we're going to talk about food. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, one of the content marketing trends is more collaboration between brands. I think you and I would mm. both agree. So, the brand you would like to collaborate with on content in two thousand nine is blank.
1: In addition to Promo Corner, who I'm already collaborating with, so I want to put that out there. I, you know, I think the one that the two organizations that pop out in my head are Origaudio, mm-hmm. and. Um, common skew and then the third is snugs mm-hmm. like I just think a lot of those th- those are folks that I view as absolute rock stars mm-hmm. in content marketing in our industry so anytime I could work with any of the three of them I think they would help to elevate my game um, and um, you know anytime I can do that <laughs> that's a win so I those are those are three people three organizations I should say from a content perspective that I have enormous amount of respect for so so those would be the three I'd say.
0: awesome really good answer Kirby
1: Cool. Um, Okay, Uh, as I said, it's food. So I know you're kind of a foodie, so I wanted to throw a few things at you. So your favorite food in the world to
0: make is? ooh, Boy, that's a tough one. Um, I really love barbecuing. Um, mm. I learned how to smoke meat, insert your own joke there. Um, <laughs> about three or four years ago, I really decided I really wanted to learn, probably about four or five years ago now, I really wanted to learn how to, how to, how to barbecue meat. Um, and so I really enjoy the entire theater of it. I enjoy that it takes 12 to 18 hours. I, I enjoy people enjoying it. So I, to mm. me, it's any sort of smoked Uh, meat right now I've got on my mind I really want to I'm I'm getting ready for the holidays and we always have a prime rib you know bone a standing rib roast a prime rib roast I'm going to smoke it this year and I'm real excited about that yeah I'm going to smoke it for about four and a half five hours over um, some Jack Daniel's whiskey barrel oak and then I'll reverse sear it in the oven at 500 degrees for about 15 minutes get a nice crust on the outside if your mouth's not watering now (laughs) you don't like meat Fair enough. All right, Kirby. So another uh, content marketing trend in 2019 is going to be using influencers as almost an ad hoc content team. So Blank is the influencer you would most like to utilize in 2019.
1: Well, I mean, if you're talking about outside of the industry, um, I would say Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. Casey Neistat, for those who don't know, is a huge vlogger. I respect so much of what he does. I think he has, quite frankly, put vlogging as a um, sort of a respectable uh, way to create content. He, from my perspective, is sort of the godfather of doing that right. I don't have any connection to Casey, but what I like about Casey is he's also creating a new company called 368, mm-hmm. where he's creating a company where people can go in and create and collaborate in his building with other creators. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept. And so if I were to work with any influencer in the world right now, though Gary V is always on my of radar, course. I actually think Casey is is the one I would choose number And
0: one. I expected you to pick Gary Vay- uh, Vaynerchuk, um, so really kind of cool that you didn't.
1: Cool. All right. So we've talked about what you like to make. Your favorite place to eat out in the USA is Nobu.
0: Boo. Nobu, boo. best sushi <laughs> on the planet, best sushi anywhere. Um, nice. I, they, they, the presentation. You know, you go there, and you can certainly order off the menu, and that's fine to me. That's a rookie move. You okay. go there. You talk to the waiter. You tell the waiter or waitress your budget for the evening, and they'll ask you, "Are you allergic to shellfish? Are you any any sort of food allergies?" And they will just bring you sushi until you hit your okay. budget, and it's okay. and it's fantastic. It is a dining experience. I love the theater. Again, use the word theater. I love the theater of a meal. I love that type of experience. So to me, it's Nobu. Boo- Any of the no-boos, but certainly the one in uh, Las Vegas at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Kirby! Another marketing trend for content is personalized content experiences. Mm. The way you plan to incorporate or leverage personalization of your content in 2019 is blank.
1: It's funny you bring this up, it's something that uh, we're, we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. and we've kind of done some super basic beta runs mm-hmm. on this. Um, so we, um, as I look at this, you know, we do blogging a lot, right. right? And so as I look to 2019, I think video is going to become as a bigger play in the company side. Right. And I think what we're playing around with the idea is, is creating videos that are targeted to specific audiences. Mm-hmm. And so in other words, hey, um, if you're a HR professional in Ohio, Uh this video is for you. And then essentially with the idea of you create who you're going for first, Mm -hmm. and then you create the content. And we have done it the opposite way in the past. I think almost everybody has. You create the content and then you try and create the ad platform. Um, And so that's something that I don't I definitely have not figured out yet, but I think it's, as you said, it's a trend, but it's also something that I see that could be super powerful. So that's that's the way I I envision.
0: Absolutely, and it's it's really, uh, that's a great answer, by the way. I think you do figure out who your audience is, what they want to hear, in or mm-hmm. what they want to see, and how they want to consume it, then you create the content. Good answer, Kirby. Cool.
1: And uh, so I have to modify my next question, but just a little okay. bit. So your favorite place to eat in Vegas... Other than no boo, is
0: <laughs> uh The no boo in Caesar's Palace. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I would have to say it's, it's Fogo de Chow. Um, and yes. I'll tell you why. And I think you already know the answer to this. So I'll explain why. You and I have a standing uh, dinner in Vegas. After the yep. Promo Kitchen mixer on Monday night, you and I go to Fogo de Chow. And we've done this for the last three or four years. And I remember the first time we went, And if you haven't been to Fogo de Chao, it's a Brazilian steakhouse, and they have all manner of of meat. They have a wonderful salad bar, but you have a card. (laughs) You have a card on your table, and literally green means bring me the meats. Red means no more meats for me. And you can go back and forth as many times as you want, right? You can flip that card as many times as you want. The look on your face when you realized a place like this existed (laughs) has given me immeasurable joy it is it's like they designed a restaurant for right me. and i remember the first time when we you're just like okay so let me understand this i just flip the card and they just bring me meat and 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 the look on your face you hit the card green and then there's a line of of the uh, brazilian i can't I think it's a churra churisca I, I don't know how to pronounce it but the 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 waiters or waitresses who have the sword they have a sword and a stack of meat and you're just like this it's is awesome, the most dude. amazing thing on the planet so it's, it's so awesome i love going to do that with you. We have a good time there. So I would have to say uh, Fogo to Chow and I have a feeling you thought that's what I was going to say.
1: That's awesome. I, I'm glad because it's it's definitely my favorite place in Vegas. Awesome. All
0: right. Cool. Last one, Kirby. Uh, the last content marketing trend I want to talk about is complete transparency. And it's something I think uh, you work towards. And I know I do as well. The best example of how you are completely transparent in your content creation is blank.
1: I think uh, probably the day that I wrote the blog about what to do when it doesn't work. And it goes back to the idea of the taproom closing. Mm -hmm. Um, That was an incredibly emotional and challenging decision and I chose to sort of write about it. Um, And ironically, it was responded to well. It it goes back to your point that people appreciate that. I think so many times we feel like we're looking at the highlight reel of everybody's life through social media. Mm -hmm. And so when you see it's not about being a martyr, It's about being authentic, as you said. And I think people like that they're like, okay, so this is a real person yep. that runs through real challenges. And so, yeah, that would be the thing that pops That's in That's the
0: whole reason I wanted to bring up uh, the failures we've had in 2019 because we have – or 2018, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we have them every year. We have it all the time. And I think sometimes people see a uh, person X as, wow, they're so successful. Everything must be super easy for them. It's not. So right. as you look at people, it's important to remember that. All right, you got one more for, for me, Kirby?
1: Yeah, super quick one. Your favorite breakfast food
0: is? Eggs. Eggs, 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 and then eggs. (laughs) I love eggs. Every single day I have two, not one, not three, but two soft-boiled eggs. I make them on Sunday and eat them throughout the week. I like them soft-boiled, so that means it's cooked on the outside and the yolk's just a little runny on the inside. I put a little uh, Alderwood smoked salt over them, and it is Amazing. I love eggs like nobody's business.
1: Love it. Love it. I I knew you'd have an opinion about all of them. I
0: do. (laughs) All right, Kirby. So I've got uh, the rapid fire today. We're going to talk business magazines. I know you like to read, I think you generally uh, gravitate toward books, but we're going to talk business magazines. So, okay. And, and this is kind of a two parter, so you're just gonna have to stick with me on this one. So okay. again, just to go over the rules, I'm gonna give you one, I'm gonna give you two choices. You pick one or the other. Okay. There are no okay. other choices. You understand this, correct? Okay. I, I think fantastic. so. fantastic. Fast company or entrepreneur? Uh, entrepreneur. Inc or Blomberg Business Week? Inc. Uh, Forbes or Wired? Forbes. Fortune or The Economist? Fortune. Adweek or Cranes? Adweek. Harvard Business Review or Money? Harvard Business Success Review. or Consumer Reports? Success. All right, so we're going to pause here. Now we're going to go to non-business magazines because, okay. quite frankly, I ran out of business magazines. <laughs> okay, Now, fair these are actual magazines that are produced in the United Snakes of America, okay? Got it. Love it. Twins or Wind Tunnel International? <laughs> Wind Tunnel International. Recumbent Cyclist News or EMU Today and Tomorrow? uh uh, cyclist news sewing news or tan magazine sewing news it's healthy uh miniature donkey talk or fence post the official (laughs) publication of the american fence association (laughs) oh i'm definitely going with donkey talk Uh, miniature donkey talk sir (laughs) sorry (laughs) um stained glass quarterly or the croquet gazette
1: Croquet Gazette. That's just fun to say. Yeah, see.
0: Shotgun News or I
1: Love Cats. <laughs> I'm from Appalachia, man. Shotgun News.
0: Uh Potato Review or Hoist, the magazine for factory crane professionals. <laughs> potato News. Uh, this might be a tough one for you. <laughs> Fancy Fowl or Poultry World. <laughs> uh I'll go with Poultry World. Um Lighthouse Digest or Brass Band World. Oh, Lighthouse Digest for sure. Sheep or Funeral Service Times. That's kind of a personal question, but I'll go with sheep. Modern. Okay. Now we're getting to the, uh, by the way, now we get to the weird ones. Okay, cool. Modern drunkard (laughs) or girls and corpses. Oh my. I took a left turn. Yeah. I'll take the first one. Modern drunkard. Last (laughs) one, Kirby. Fashion doll quarterly or pro portable restroom operator. A oh, pro for sure. And Kirby, there's no bigger pro in the industry than the good folks at Chameleon-like. And they are professionals, which is what pro is short for. When it comes to journals, notebooks, gift boxes, folders, they know what they do. They love what they do. Don't call them for a T-shirt or a mug or the newest tech gizmo. They don't know about that stuff. They don't want to know about that stuff. Go somewhere else. But if you want to work with a pro when it comes to those journals, notebooks, gift boxes, and folders – Go ahead and head over to chameleonlike.com. Visit our good pals, Pierre and Alex. They're going to help you out. Chameleonlike.com, you won't be sorry you did. Kirby, as always, it's been a pleasure broadcasting at a platinum level with you, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.